0: Welcome to another PI World podcast. This is an audio only version offered as another way to enjoy our great content. A full video version can be seen on piworld.co.uk, where you can find many more videos of interest to investors. Hi, everybody. Good Thank you very much for joining us in this lovely morning. We're very excited to be sharing with you our full year results. Uh, we'd like to take the time to talk about these full year results, but also talk a bit about what's happening in the world and the connection to Windward because These obviously are not ordinary times, and uh, I think we have not been treating the first queue as an ordinary queue. As a quick reminder, Winward is a B2B SaaS company. We fuse maritime expertise in AI. We provide one decision support platform to augment and manage domain awareness and risks across vessels, cargoes, and companies. And seemingly that has been more relevant than ever in the last quarter. We closed last year, our best year ever, with almost 39% growth in ACV, annual contract value, up to 21.2 million with revenue reaching 17.4 million. We finished in a very good cash position, 43.7 million at the end of the year. There's a bit that we need to pay to uh, shareholders as a paying agent as per Canaccord's request. So effectively that's about 39 and change. In terms of numbers, we finished last year almost 39% of ACB growth. Revenues trading in ACV, which we believe it's a good. Factor because it shows predictable revenue, it shows the company is growing, and we always doubled our customer base. And I think as we see the world, customer growth is connected to product development, as well as sales and marketing reach. Uh, and I think that's how we're approaching 22 uh, as well. We approach 2022 uh, with more offerings, but also with much more addressable market to go after. Our customers responded very well to the IPO. We've seen customers feeling more comfortable, especially enterprise customers, to sign up with us either at all or just uh, renew for longer periods. We're finalizing right now another renewal for five years. We had two contracts signed back in the last year for five years. So we're pushing to get long contracts as possible and also collect the money upfront as much as possible. And we can't have this webinar in March 2022 in the midst of the Ukraine-Russia war without talking about the implications. It seems to us as if we've been building a company for 10 years just for this moment in time. So never has been risk and shipping so relevant as it is today, uh, we believe. Uh due to the Russia invasion of Ukraine, uh, the world has created unprecedented sanctions regimes on uh on Russia. And I encourage you to take a look, uh, follow us on LinkedIn and take a look on our website and on my LinkedIn as we share the uh, highlights of that. But uh, when that happened, uh, we changed our strategy for this quarter or our prioritization. So first of all, we decided to build and release a sanctions solution on Russia product, uh, which we released in the second week of the war and has been getting great reviews from our customers and a great uptake from uh, prospects. Um We've created a media and product team to analyze daily and weekly the events and and release this. There are more than 200 journalists receiving our uh, insights daily or weekly or monthly. Um, And uh, almost 1.5 billion people have uh, read our insights across CNN, CNBC, FT, Wall Street Journal, uh, Bloomberg, and so on and so forth. So it really is uh, unprecedented pressure on the world in terms of sanctions compliance. Russia is not a runner of Venezuela. We're also seeing much more uptake in our due diligence and compliance solutions because customers are seeing engagement in Russia as a moral decision, not necessarily as a legal decision. So you would have seen some people like Total, for instance, say we're not going to buy more crude from Russia, and then put in the spotlight after they bought Perkut Russia. So that is becoming a reputational uh, 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 consideration and ESG consideration, not just a legal consideration. That's a big driver for our business. Secondly, obviously there are security issues in Europe and we have been seeing a lot of demand for maritime security, which is one of our biggest segments Uh, budgets in Germany, for instance, have been doubled as many of our customers. So, uh, when coming into this year, we have we would have seen our rest of the world government business and often will speak about it as growing about 10%. I think we're more optimistic than that right now, just because it, become, it has become much more important due to timely issues and challenges. Last but not least, if many of the cargo owners and the shippers and the liners would have thought a month ago, that that's it. We're done with COVID. The world is getting back to normal. There are no more hiccups in the supply chain. I guess the supply chain woes are here to stay. Reliability is still an all-time low, 34% that was published yesterday. And the lockdowns of the ports in Shenzhen and possibly also in Shanghai are adding to the supply chain pressure in addition to the changes in the supply chain, which we've been covering extensively due to the Russia-Ukraine war. That just creates more demand. As a quick reminder, we're also expected to launch a decarbonization product. We've seen the SEC in the U.S. come up with a new regulation for decarbonization, specifically talking about the requirement from public companies in the U.S. that's coming up to disclose their net emissions, scope one, scope two, scope three, scope three is shipping. So overall, I believe uh, if you look about macro trends and tailwinds, these are great markets to be in right now. Uh, uh, And I actually agree with, with Kai's note this morning that is saying, um, that it's the golden age for shipping and, uh, and technology. Um, and we've seen a lot of activity in the, in the sector. If I connect that to the IPOs, then in terms of management focus, the management focus is absolutely on, on growing the business and running the business because we've just done the IPO. So we have the cash in hand. Uh, we have a bit more flexibility uh, in terms of capital. Uh, and we're enjoying the, the uh, positive brand impact from taking company public in London. Um, so we feel it's been good for us. As a reminder, this is the crowd we've been addressing and working with, shipping companies, traders, energy companies, financial services, obviously governments, and recently freight forwarders and cargo owners with the recent launch of our Ocean Freight Visibility product uh, in Feb 2022. And we use the same maritime AI and the same platform with different use cases. These are some of the customers we've signed up. We've announced Navigate last week. And I think you'll see that going forward. We're the up-and-comer. We're the challenger. We're the innovator. We're the AI company. And we provide, we give our customers and prospects one dilemma. Do you want to move forward, adopt AI, and be best in class, or do you want to stay with legacy systems? And I think that message has been resonating across market leaders, has been more resonating with everything that's happening right now. So I, I believe that has been working well. And the, the customer take-up from last year shows that. Our DNA is taking maritime AI from data to insights. So while there are companies at the left end of the screen, great companies, partners of ours, uh, Spire, Orpcom, Planet, Hawkeye 360, Vessels Value, Gibson, I can mention a few more, obviously on the left side and that number of data sources is growing month by month. We've invested a live AI platform that transforms that from raw data on the left to insights on the right. So the reasons people partner with us is this, so what? Can I charter this vessel? Is it connected to Russia? And can I expect that that box will come on time? Should I board this vessel? Is it smuggling right now? So that's the uh, types of insights we provide our customers. If I refer to the growth strategy that we've laid out in our IPO, and our admission documents, it had four main pillars. Pillar number one, land and expand. So we land with the customer, want to expand our business relationship with them. I have to say... We are extremely focused on that at this point. Uh, we did succeed to expand uh, with Shell to integrate our API into their platform with a long-term contract, and we've we've uh, succeeded to expand within some uh, one of our uh, federal clients significantly uh, eight times over. However, we also managed to land forty-five or so new customers in 2021, and that allows us this year a lot more room for expansion just because the sheer number of cu- signed up customers we've had winning new enterprise and government customers. Our DNA is hunting. So we've invested in global sales capacity. London has become bigger for us. We're just moving an office uh, actually to Farringdon next week. And we've hired expert people, people from one ocean from Microsoft, uh from digital freight forwarders like beacon and Zen cargo. So we really brought in expert people, um, both on the product side as well as from the sales side that are well-versed in the market. Uh, have Rolodex, know-how to do business, uh, both in the US and the UK, which are becoming our two uh, hubs outside of the HQ in Israel. Uh, and I'm obviously spending a lot of time on the ground as well. We're expanding our go-to-market approach. So in 2021, we launched our online portal and first partnership. We've announced C-slash, which is effectively uh, Clarkson's spin-off into a tech company. But... I believe that the change in the demand and for me, it's all about the demand from the market allows for further important partnerships. Really the war with Russia totally changed the dynamics with everything due diligence. A lot of the companies, which were in wait and see mode and said, well, you know what, maybe the U S will catch me. Maybe it won't, but the odds that it, it's won't because I'm small, I'm a small fish. Now they can get an article with their name out, and, and, and have partners not do business with them because they do business in Russia. So that demand with the end customers presents a much more accelerated, interesting uh, opportunity to distribute via key partners. So more on that on this year. Uh, and I, uh, again, encourage you to follow the company on LinkedIn, on social media, as well as our announcements. Innovation product expansion. This has really been the driver. So the way we look at the business is we invest in R&D and product and in brand and sales, and then we reap the benefits. And RD investment always precedes revenue. There's no way around it in tech companies. So last year we were the first company in many, many years, I know 30, 40, 50 years, to launch a new database for seven levels of ownership, competing with Lloyd System Intelligence and IHS, which were the only game in town, actually. And that really drove a lot of the business because now we can be a full-on replacement or we are winning customers Away from them, I think Navigate is a really good example of a world leader that chose to leave one of these legacy companies and partner with us publicly. We've also launched Container Insights and the Data for Decarbonization program that has just won the Green First Sea Award for initiative of the year. In 2022, we've already launched two new products. One is the Ocean Freight Visibility product and the Russia sanction solution. Because we're seeing more demand and compliance, we've rejiggle a bit, uh, development plans, and we'll be pushing forward as fast as possible with an enhanced due diligence solution coming up in Q2. Uh, we have customers lined up for that. who just wanna use our platform, not just for shipping insights, but also for okay. due diligence of companies and people as, as the risk in shipping expands completely, but also as Russia and different entities in Russia start doing business in a bit of a different way with shell companies. Another big investment we've been doing is in rebuilding our data infrastructure for provisioning data insights with a technology called GraphQL, which was originally built by Facebook three or four years ago. GraphQL really accelerates completely the building of schemas and integration of customers. So instead of taking a year to build an API for a customer, it can take them a day. Uh, And if they're really good, also 10 minutes. So we expect to launch that properly uh, during Q2. The decarbonization solution, we see that as a regulation-driven business. And indeed, I mentioned the SEC regulation and the ETS, the Emission Trading Scheme by the EU. We believe the time to launch a solution is H2 in terms of the market conditions. The Ukraine-Russia war did change priorities for the world, and we have prioritized our due diligence solution for Q2, Q1, and decarbonization for H2 to, care to maximize the capture of these opportunities. As a reminder, we've launched our ocean freight visibility product a month ago. It's very simple. There are 400 million containers around the world, each one touched upon by about 18 stakeholders. 18 times 400 million. That's a lot of people who need insights of these cargoes and vessels. The product provides a single source of truth, best in class insights, real-time visibility, and critical delays alerts. As I mentioned before, we're heavily invested into deep learning technology to predict ETAs. We believe this is a completely differentiated technology that, as far as I know, nobody has achieved in the world, and that will unlock a lot of value and revenue. We're a tech company. We're trying to put the best people we have. Really taking the deep learning technology to production at that level is a different ballgame for our company, and as far as I know, I don't know any other company who has the capability and the unique data and the insights to do that in this space. We believe that's super special, and it will yield revenues. And I think it's driven by the fact there are many challenges and opportunities in logistics. There's all around demand for improved customer experience. Container shipment data is partial, it's late and it's inaccurate. It's very manual. And according to Gartner, half of the global product-centric companies will invest in a platform for real-time transportation visibility. So this is a real greenfield, blue ocean, white space opportunity where there is no real global player focused on shipping and AI that is able to do that. Obviously, Project 44, which is the market leader in supply chain right now, is a great company, but they're mostly focused on land. We believe that focus uh, will drive a better quality and therefore better revenues and customer wins. But really, it's an almost infinite market. There's between 250,000 to a million customers in that space. Um, And we're seeing a lot of inbound interest uh, from both uh, freight forwarders as well as cargo owners, I think in the first quarter of the year, we've had two thirds of the inbound demo requests we've had for all of last year. So absolutely we're experiencing unprecedented demand. Alfred, do you want to take it away to financial review?
1: Yeah. So thanks, Ami. Right, so what you see in this slide is actually what we're saying all along is that ACV is a good predictor of the future revenue. And actually you can see here over the last five years, Same growth rate on an average, 35%. Sometimes ACV is higher than revenue, and sometimes, like in 2019, revenue were higher than ACV. But at the end, it all balanced. And it gives a very good prediction of the future revenue. Those are the main uh, KPIs that we follow on the top line. So clearly, ACV growth is our number one headline actually this is the number that all the people that have uh, bonuses are measured on from management all the way down to other people in the organization that are performance-based incentive so you can see the rest of the world government essentially governments outside the us is growing not as fast as the us government or the commercial but it's still a big chunk of our business and uh, we continue to invest in it we believe this is still a Pretty nice market for us to follow. On the revenue side, you see the growth both in the US government and commercial, and a slight decline in the rest of the world government as we suffered ACV decline in 2020 during the height of COVID-19 pandemic. We did earn some new deals at the end of 2021. They just didn't go through revenue yet, and they will go through revenue in 2022. Here is the growth in number of customers really many, many more customers on the commercial side. As as can be seen here, those are much smaller in average sales price, but much less riskier and much more diversified. And even if we lose one or two, it doesn't really affect our uh, ongoing business. So this is a summary of how the company has evolved over the last five years from selling only to governments, into penetrating the U.S. government and commercial and actually De risking the revenue profile because the governments outside the US, those are very big deals. RFP led takes for you know nine to, to 18 months to win them, and it's very, very unpredictable. Uh, we, so that's why diversifying into the US government and the commercial, which both really price per user and behave in a way similar is very important for the company going forward. Okay, so this is the P&L. This is the full financials, profit and loss that we published this morning. I mentioned here that decline, slight decline, which actually was planned, decline in the gross uh, margin from 79 to 72. This is as we invested much more earlier in 21 in creating our own uh, ownership data. And of course, adding more people to support uh, uh, the additional customers in the commercial space, which are actually much more demanding than government uh, customers. So this was a decline one year. This year in 2022, we believe we are going back to the high 70s margin and longer term, we believe we should cross the 80% gross margin. As discussed, heavy investment, both in R&D and in sales and marketing, this is really where most of the money goes to, as in, as you understand, the investment comes before the results. Both in R&D and in sales marketing. You are a salesperson. You do the marketing. The results follow. Expenses come before them. Balance sheet. So very strong balance sheet we have. So forty-three point seven million at the end of the year, but we need to deduct the four point five million that are actually part of the IPO process paid early in January. So essentially $39 million is enough cash to finance the business until we will be profitable, which is currently planned to be in 2024. One other item is the deferred revenue. This, and there's a big part in the long-term liabilities. So deferred revenue, which essentially measure how much money you received prior to really recognizing revenue, nearly double this year. And we will continue to see this growth as we collect the annual subscription at the beginning of the year so uh, that drives cash flow situation which is actually pretty good you can see it here so last in 2021 despite in the pnl losing uh, like close to 9 million dollars ebitda you can see on the operating activity when we exclude the ipo related expenses that went through the pnl is actually 4.4 million burn on a $9 p loss. That means that we are collecting, we're managing the cash in a very good situation. And I think this is a strength of our business model. I think that sums up the financials. Ami, you want to take it back?
0: Yep. So just in terms of outlook, um, I think we come into this year very optimistic. The momentum is continuing. The ACV tracking is in line with our expectation. We're seeing increased demand and we're investing to capture that demand. We'll continue investing in our future. We believe that our strategy and the outlook we've had towards, uh, at the back end of last year, going public in London has only strengthened. So if we thought that logistics will be a big driver of our business going forward, we absolutely see that we've hired the right people, sales, BD product. And that's great. We have a clear roadmap to be uh, EBITDA positive in uh, FY 2024. And I'd like to uh, emphasize that we absolutely understand um, the uh, outlook of this market, where we where the market would like to see profitable companies, and we're carefully balancing between the growth um, uh, and the uh, profitability of the business. Forex was uh, a bit of a bigger risk for us last year, um, um, and therefore uh, we spoke about this year as well. We believe we took care proactively of that risk and, and self hedged. For most of um, uh, the risk this year. So, we don't expect downside in that, maybe perhaps an upside, but we'll see about that. We'll see how uh, where the world goes. So, all in all, I think we have everything we need to create a very big company. Where are eyes on target for this year of revenues. Our team is incentivized to cross the 15 and $100 million line of revenues and either stay in aim, uplist to the main market, or take the company public in the US, all our possibilities. I'd like also, just as a final note, uh, to thank very much our the proactive involvement of uh, our board members and our team. I think when navigating these levels of uncertainty a month ago or a month and a half ago, we took a step forward and leaned in on uh, creating products and uh, allowing for free trials, supporting the ecosystem, going big on marketing and and, and content. And we've taken taken a small risk in how we operate the business in 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 that sense. And I think it's paying off. And uh, we see a lot more opportunities come in, and we're very optimistic. Um, we have, I think we have everything we need to build a big company. So thank you very much, everybody, for your time. PI World videos and podcasts are for general information and interest. They do not constitute any kind of recommendation or inducement to buy shares of any company. PI World is not offering any kind of financial advice, and nothing in our material should be taken as such.